This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. You've heard the news. A fifth TTC employee has tested positive for drugs while on the job, in addition to four others since random drug and alcohol testing began about a month ago. We want to put these numbers in perspective. Is it worth panicking over, being alarmed about? Should you feel any less safe or perhaps you feel more safe when you're on the TTC as a result of this new testing that's in place? To help us understand what's involved, we're going to the TTC expert himself, spokesperson Brad Ross, joins us on the line. Nice to have you with us, Brad. Hi, thank you, Jane. Should TTC riders be concerned after hearing of a fifth case in one month? No, they shouldn't. In fact, I think, as, as you stated, uh, sort of rhetorically, um, they should, in fact, feel safer because uh, we're actually um, have in place now a mechanism by which uh, people who, who do show up uh, impaired in the workplace uh, run run risk of, of, of being caught. It is something that we take very, very seriously. I want to, though, um, just you know, put in context here, uh, we have uh, 10,000 people who are subject to, to random testing, the vast, vast, vast majority of whom come to work fit for duty every day. But for those very few who do not, they run the risk of getting caught, and that is something that we take incredibly seriously. How many employees have you tested so far? So in other words, how many employees each day are tested? Uh, we're looking at about six to eight a day on average, or 50, five zero a week. Um, the, the goal is that 20% uh, of the 10,000 people, uh, 1,400 positions that are within that safety-sensitive uh, catchment uh, will be tested annually. So of the 200-ish, around 200 people you've tested since the program began, five have tested positive. Does that reflect, that percentage of 2.5% reflect across the 10,000 employees that 2.5% of the 10,000 would be impaired at any given time? I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I think it's far too soon to say what that means. I mean, it is random. So um, we, we don't, you know, it, we just began this on May the 8th, of, uh, so, so just one month ago. So we're very, very early into the random uh, testing process. So I think uh, we, we need some more time to really look at, uh, at what we're seeing in terms of numbers and whether we're seeing a trend of some, of some sort. Other jurisdictions around the world who have implemented uh, programs of this nature uh, see a uh, relatively high number start to really drop down as as uh, employees begin to realize that, uh, hang on a second, I've I got to be careful here. This is, so it becomes a deterrent, in fact, uh, that, um, that, that, you know, for, for people to, who come to work to make sure that they come to work fit for duty at all times. There, and there may be amongst employees, uh, and I'm wondering how impaired the five individuals were when they were tested. Mm-hmm. Had they been drinking before coming in or, or taking drugs before coming into their work, or was it a leftover effect from the night before and not realizing so, it would still be in their system? So let's, let, let, this is a, it's a great question. It's a great opportunity to really drive home an important point in all of this, and that is the testing that is done for both alcohol, which is a breathalyzer, and the drug test, which is an oral fluid sample, 
is looking for and testing for impairment at the time of the test only. Not that you had a glass of wine with dinner last night. Not that you smoked a joint on the weekend when you're up at the cottage. That's none of our business. We don't care what you do on your own time. It's your condition when you're at work that, that it becomes the TTC's concern. So um, the, the, the tests uh, have, uh, have, have cutoff levels. The drugs, the, the various drugs that are tested for have cutoff levels to say, is, uh, is that level uh, impairment or not? not? We don't know whether or not you have uh, marijuana in your system. That's, uh, that's something that, that, that we don't get back. What we get back from the lab is whether or not the level is considered high enough to, to, be, uh, can, to be impairment. Do you and adhere? With alcohol, I'm sorry, right. likewise with alcohol, it's a breathalyzer, roadside breathalyzer. It measures um, likely um, uh, intoxication at the time of the test. Do you adhere to the same rules that the OPP or Toronto Police would adhere to with a 0.08% blood alcohol level? It's much stricter, in fact, for the TTC. We have two levels that we, or, or two sort of barometers. One is 0.02 to 0.039, and that is anything in that range is considered uh, a policy violation. Anything over 0.04 is considered impairment from the TTC's perspective. The 0.08 is a criminal uh, matter. 0.05 is, is something that the province would do a roadside suspension, for example, uh, we take it down to 0.04 because it's not just about drivers. It's not just about our operators, of which there are about 5,000, but um, we have a whole other group of people, uh, maintenance people, for example, those who use heavy machinery, those responsible, supervising and managers responsible for individuals who have, um, you know, have a say in, in the safety of the organization, the CEO, myself, are all subject to random testing and must all meet that same threshold. We're speaking with TTC spokesperson Brad Ross uh, about the random drug and alcohol testing at the TTC, prompted by another positive test, so five in total over the last four weeks. How does this make you feel? All of us ride the TTC, some more than others. Uh, do you feel... Do you feel more comfortable knowing that this random drug testing is ensuring, or at least the goal of it is to ensure that drivers, operators, all the people who work at the TTC and deal with public safety are perhaps going to take um, impairment more seriously? 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. That's our toll-free number. Give us a call. Again, we're all on the TTC. How how do you generally feel riding the TTC? Your your interaction with uh, your TTC uh, operator or your bus driver is it generally? Do you generally get a good feeling about that individual? Four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And those levels you gave us, Brad, um, effectively that could be a glass of wine at lunchtime. That what? could that could put you over. You're, you're not permitted uh, to to uh, even before this policy came in place. You're not permitted to. Uh, you know, at lunch to go and have a, a glass of wine or a beer. That is just not permitted while you're on the job, while you're, uh, when you arrive at work and until you leave from work uh, at lunch or breaks, you're not permitted to, to, to have a drink uh, of alcohol. But say you're working the 3 to 11 shift and you, you're having lunch with a friend. Well, you're, it's your responsibility well, right. to come back to work fit for duty. Right. If you wish to have a glass of wine at lunch and you think you're going to be okay when you come back, that's a decision you need to make as an individual. Again, as I say, we're not interested in what you wish to do on your own time. 
it becomes uh, the TTC's business, however, when 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 you're at work or arrive at work, if you're not fit for duty. Okay, let's go to Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. You're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. What would you like to add? Uh, I'm a retired Greyhound bus driver, and when we were at the Grey Coach, which was absorbed by Greyhound, but the long and the short of it is, anybody that crosses the border has always been subject to random drug and alcohol testing. So this isn't new for highway coach drivers at all. Well, that's that's right. I mean, this is a first for the TTs. This is a first for public transit in in Canada, or uh, other than Windsor, which does have a requirement, as Ron says, because they cross the border into the United States because the United States has had um, has has had a random. Uh, testing uh, for for public transit and transportation systems in the United States for about two decades now. 416-360-0740-1-866-744-740. Before you go, Ron, uh, as a retired bus driver, when you think back to your days on the job, was that something that you and your colleagues took very seriously, making sure you were fit to drive, that you had not had alcohol or marijuana in your system for many, many hours? Well, you have to take it seriously if you want to keep your job. Um, I mean, there was some, the way Bob Kinnear, the former TTC president, Bob Kinnear was reporting it, well, gee whiz, you guys won't be able to have a drink or whatever else. I'm glad that Mr. Ross uh, cleared it up. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure about it the way Greyhound did it, but he has explained it that this isn't about having a glass of wine the night before or, or maybe uh, having a smoke or something on the weekend. This is about being impaired at the moment be, uh, while you're either on the job or before you go to the job. I don't know how the TTC does it, be- whether the uh, driver is called in and said, okay, you're off your shift now, you're going for random drug testing. How do they, how do, they do that? Sure. So I'm happy to answer that. So every week, the, the, the third, there's a company that does all of this testing for us, and they generate uh, a list, uh, this random list. And uh, in fact, the program, the software they use is audited. The TTC management have absolutely no say in uh, in what that list looks like, and it gets generated every week uh, and uh, for every day. And uh, you come in and show up uh, for the start of your shift, and your supervisor or your manager uh, or what have you says, uh, "Okay, Ron, um, your name came up on the random list," um, and and you go into a private room where you you blow into a breathalyzer, and then where a nurse then takes an oral fluid sample. It's it's actually just a, a sort of a swab that sits in the inside of the cheek and we do that twice so that we have two samples to make sure that there's no um, you know so, so that the the, the the science is 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 uh, as complete as it can be so we have two samples of the drug test that that then goes to a lab for uh, for a um, uh, for, for analysis so it's not done after the fact it's done before you start your shift uh, or at, at some point during the day depending on what you do right Brad was this uh, screening implemented simply because other transit organizations in Canada and around the world were doing it and it was time for the TTC to catch up or were there concerns that prompted the change it's a bit of both there have been, there were concerns certainly that prompted a overall fitness for duty policy that was implemented in 2010 where staff did ask our board to to implement random testing in addition to reasonable cause and post incident for example 
Um, the board of the day uh, denied that request, but then unfortunately in 2011 we did have an incident where um, uh, an operator um, hit the back of a vehicle where a woman on board our bus was killed. The, uh, the individual uh, agreed to a breathalyzer but refused a drug test and was subsequent, subsequently charged with um, possession of marijuana. Um, we don't have any evidence that the individual was impaired, but um, it, it, it gave us great concern that, uh, that he refused a test for drugs and that he subsequently uh, you know, was, was found to have marijuana on his possession. So um, we, we said to our board, uh, we came back to the board and said, look, you know, we, we really need this, um, this part as part of the policy, and the board agreed. We then were in arbitration with our union over this, but over the subsequent years, since 2010 until, um, you know, in, in, up until we went to court over this just earlier this year, we have seen an increase in the number of, of, of reasonable cause post-incident um, positive results for, for drug and alcohol. And again, I want to emphasize the vast majority of our employees would never consider for a moment being at work impaired, but it only takes one um, for, for a tragedy to unfold, and, and, and we have a due diligence as, as, as a public safety, as a public transit system responsible for public safety to take action if we know that there, uh, that, that there is a risk. Uh, in just a moment, we'll speak with Anne-Marie Aikens at Metrolinks to see how this the approach is for Go Transit employees. But I, I do want to finish up with you, Brad, and talk about what happens to an individual who works for the TTC if they do test positive? Are they suspended? Do they receive counseling if necessary? Because some of right. this is, is linked to mental health and overall wellness as well. Right, and and that's a very good point. I mean, we do have programs. We do have a an employee family and assistance plan, for example, so that if somebody does have an occupational health uh, group as well at the TTC, so if somebody does have um, a substance uh, um, uh, abuse disorder, for example, they want to come to us and get help. Um, we want to help them. So, you know, if you're on medication, for example, we will we will accommodate you. We have that obligation to accommodate people with addictions, for example, and we will get you that help. Um, but it's it's not necessarily sufficient to come to us after the fact if you've tested positive to say, oh, right, no, I have a, an addiction, for example. We have uh, a process whereby if somebody does uh, claim that, that, that they would meet with a counselor and we would be able to assess um, the validity of, of, of those claims, for example. We need to make sure we're doing the right thing um, for everybody involved. Um, but ultimately, um, when you test positive, um, you are uh, sent home, suspended with pay um, for a very short period of time while we, the disciplinary process then begins. You come in, you have an interview, uh, and it's not unlike any, any other sort of disciplinary process. We, we have a process that we have to follow, and we do follow that. We have a collective bargaining agreement, for example, and we, will, uh, we, we need to adhere to, and we do that. Um, so we don't discuss, uh, many, organiza many organizations don't, we don't discuss discipline and the outcome of that discipline, except I will say this to you, Jane, it is something that the TTC takes extremely seriously, and anybody who is in breach of this policy, who is test positive for drugs or alcohol in the workplace, uh, the, the discipline will, will match the, the seriousness with which we take this matter. Well, thank you very much for your time and your perspective. All right, Jane, thank you very much. TTC spokesperson Brad Ross, uh, we're having a conversation with him and with you about uh, TTC drivers, other transit operators, uh, about random drug testing and alcohol testing. 
Is it a good thing for the system? I can't imagine anybody out there thinking that it's not a good thing. Um, There may be union concerns around this, that it's a violation of privacy. But ultimately, if you're dealing with the public, isn't this the right thing to do? This conversation is prompted by the fact that a fifth TTC employee in a month has failed the company random drug and alcohol test. So is this testing working? Is there a better way? What do you think about this? We all ride transit, 416 360 0740 or toll free 1-866-744-740. Anne Marie Akins of Metrolinks joins us now. Anne Marie, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Jane. The positive tests have prompted questions about whether Go Transit employees should be exposed to random testing as well. Is there is there some form of testing there for Go Transit operators? There is, uh, just not random testing. We don't have random testing uh, right now, but we are watching what's happening at the TTC and how they're implementing a policy like that in their organization and how it works and if it's effective. So we're, we're looking at that. But we do have, as Brad talked about, a fitness for duty policy that, uh, that works very well in, in uh, identifying if, if a, a driver or uh, an operator has a physical, mental, emotional, some sort of impairment that uh, Im- would impact their job. So there are certain circumstances that we can ask for a drug and alcohol test, for example, post-accident, uh, that sort of thing, or if a supervisor has any concerns whatsoever about a uh, driver's fitness for duty, then they can pull them off the job. They can, um, and in one circumstance we did, we called the police, and uh, we have had one bus driver charged with impaired driving. That's the only time in our history we have had that happen, fortunately, but it was pretty shocking to us. So we are looking at uh, what they are doing very seriously, and uh, as any responsible uh, transit organization should be. Uh, you know, and I'm wondering, uh, because normally on a what we would call a hot-button issue, we would be hearing from people who are wanting to share their observations. The fact that the phone is only ringing a little bit this half hour leads me to believe that very few people out there, if any, have experienced a situation where they've come in contact with an intoxicated bus driver, subway driver, TTC uh, driver. Uh, that's what this is leading me to believe that, uh, in fact, what Brad Ross says is that it is the extreme exception when somebody shows up to do a job that's linked to public safety where they are impaired. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that in that they, um, because there are so many controls in place, uh, the uh, the one bus driver that we have had charged with impaired was he was found because uh, we did have random checks. The supervisor, unannounced, will show up at his work site and uh, had concerns about his fitness for duty. So he uh, had such concerns that he called the police and it was subsequently determined that he um, was allegedly impaired and has been charged uh, and removed uh, from duty. So that there are so many checks and uh, checks and balances in place now that it does um, make for a very safe system. 
But we can always look at ways to make a system even safer, and, and we should be looking at ways to, uh, to increase safety. So I think that's what's important to everybody, to transit organizations and to riders, is we want to we make sure that um, our operators are um, uh, fit for duty, whether that be drugs and alcohol, whether that be distracted driving, whether that be a physical impairment, um, for example, a heart condition. Uh, we want to make sure they're they're fit for duty because they have your life in, literally in the uh, in uh, their hands. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Unlike the TTC, Go Transit does not incorporate random alcohol and drug testing for its employees. Instead, they have a fitness for duty policy. We're speaking with Anne-Marie Aikens of Metrolinx about the Go Transit policy. And we're taking your calls, too, Anne-Marie. We've got Tom from Burlington on the line. Go ahead, Tom. Hi, Liz. How are you? It's Jane. Go ahead. Oh, oh hi, Jane. Um, I love the show. Um, but I got something to say. All these guys that have these good jobs that work for the TTC or auto workers or go transit, that most people, when they go and apply for a job, you can't get it. And then these guys are in there drinking, doing dope and everything else. Fire them. That's it. There's people dying. I know people that would cut off a pinky finger to get a job at the TTC. And what the union does? Well, he's, a, he's an addict. We've got to send them for help. You know what? You knew what you were doing. You got people on the bus. Something happens, or God forbid he gets hurt, he's not going to get covered. But because the union is backing them, they'll get covered if they get hurt. And all because they'll say, well, he has an issue. He's stressed out. He's got, a, he's got an ingrown toenail, and it hurts. You okay, Tom. Enough. They're not babies. Okay, Tom, let's get uh, Anne-Marie's response to that. I mean, certainly mental health is a serious issue, and Tom is making light of it to make his point. But it, how is mental health viewed within Go Transit? Well, first I want to say that the vast majority of our staff, the vast majority are dedicated professionals. There, There isn't drinking on the job right. and, and uh, drug taking. That The vast majority of what we're trying to do is make sure there are just no cases at all, but, uh, um, and we build in policies. But you're right, mental health is an extremely important um, part of our our program as well is because a lot of our employees are in high-risk situations and deal with some of the most stressful circumstances. For example, they, they deal with fatalities, uh, suicide, uh, and they have to witness that and deal with the aftermath of that. So we have a very um, multi-leveled uh, and a very important um, mental health program within our all of Metrolink, so for whatever uh, job you're in, we do support people in that. But we also don't uh, enable people who are uh, in high-risk situations to if they are participating in uh, risk beha- risky behaviors like drinking. We have a absolutely zero tolerance, a zero. You cannot register anything, any kind of alcohol or drugs in your system and operate a vehicle. That, that it, we're unwavering about that. Do you screen when you're hiring people? Do you, do you screen for that kind of behavior, maybe even in the, in the questions that are asked in the job interview? 
They do. They do. For if you're going to be an operator, it's usually a gradual kind of thing that uh, before you actually are behind the wheel of a bus or a train. Um, and there are all kinds of things they screen for, uh, as, as I said, a physical fitness. It's a, it's a physically, can be a physically a strenuous job. So you have to be fit. You have to have a strong heart. You have to have, you don't have, we, we screen for um, um, medical uh, situations that could perhaps uh, put put you or your passengers at risk. So they screen for all of that, and they also screen for uh, whether or not you're um, suited for this kind of a job. That you work a lot with the public, uh, and most of our our passengers are wonderful people, very kind, um, but some aren't. So you have to be the kind of person that can deal with all kinds of. Uh, people, you, and as I said, deal with very high stress uh, situations at times. Okay, let's get back to the phones. 416 360 toll free, 1 740 We're talking about random drug and alcohol testing for transit workers, specifically the TTC, a different policy at Go Transit, as we're hearing from Anne Marie Akins at Metrolinks. Let's go to Michael in Brampton. Hi, Michael, go ahead. Hi, uh, I drive tractor trailer for a living. We've been uh, drug tested for 20 years under the American FMDA policy. But I'm not a pothead, but I do enjoy having the odd smoke if I'm at a family wedding or whatnot. And I think the screening needs to be, especially now that uh, marijuana is going to be legal, uh, you're not impaired if you have a drag two weeks or a week before, even on a Friday before work. And what I resent is we've been... You know, rightfully so. I'm not saying anybody should not be driving a tractor trailer or a bus or a go bus. But here's my broader question. Why aren't the police? Why aren't the fire department? Why aren't paramedics? You imagine a paramedic high giving somebody a shot of insulin or a police officer uh, going to an emergency situation at a high rate of speed. Why aren't they held accountable? Because they, too, see, you know, like you just said, a lot of trauma, a lot of stress-related uh, Posty S and yet they're not drug tested. And I just feel as a tractor trailer driver, we've been, I'm not saying we shouldn't be, but I think the screening needs to be at the time. You can have a beer on a Friday or a few beer. And as long as you've been 24 hours, you know, without alcohol, you're fine. Marijuana uh, being impaired will leave the body within, you know, I mean, is within a certain time frame. but yet you could have a smoke uh, a month ago and you get caught and all of a sudden you're branded as some drug user is not safe. Okay, well, let's let uh, let's let Anne Marie answer that, and, and Michael, thank you for your call. Uh, Brad Ross from the TTC told us earlier, Anne Marie, that you could in fact have uh, or at least inhale some marijuana on the weekend and be okay for your job on Monday morning. Yes, I assume that, yes, yes, that if we were going to implement a policy, it would be very similar to that effect. We're not looking for people that uh, are enjoying uh, uh, wine with dinner or. Uh, in uh, recreational kinds of uh, drugs like that on the weekend if they're not uh, at work. But one of the things I want to um, caution people about that sometimes people think, well, I, I'm fit for duty uh, even if I do have a glass of wine at lunch or if I do have a smoke because it's I'm not impaired. But being impaired is difficult, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes I can have a glass of wine, half a glass of wine, and it hits me in a different way than the next day if I have a glass of wine. It, it, it's very difficult to tell. So our policy is a zero tolerance. 
uh, because you don't know and because the, the risk is so high, uh, we ju- you just don't take any risks on how perhaps it's going to affect you and your judgment that day. And Marie, just before we change topics here uh, and let you go, why should riders feel safe and know that the operator of the vehicle that they are traveling in is mentally fit, is not impaired, is fully aware of their faculties and, and acting in everyone? best interest who's on that bus or train? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. I want to look at, our, at our fitness for duty policy and how stringent it is and that the guidelines in place and the rules in place and the random checks and balances that we have is, uh, is, is extremely strong. And the other thing I'd ask people to look at is safety records. Uh, I, 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 do we have a good safety record? And uh, and we do. We have one of the best in the country. And uh, it's because we have very strict rules in place and uh, and very dedicated uh, professionals that uh, uh, that work for us. And Maria Aikens from Metrolinx, thanks for your time. You're welcome. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.